to cloud. All right, I am here with Anastasia Gaitowska. And Anastasia is the creator of the expose documentary and project. Um, and Anastasia, do you want to describe what inspired you to create that project and also just what that's about and what that is? Great. Uh, thank you so much, John, for inviting me to your podcast. And uh, my name is Anastasia. I'm producer and director for Expose, like you mentioned. And what inspired me to create this documentary was an idea in my imagination, which came in 2018, December 6th, when I left abusive relationship I was in. And I had this desire to create a project where um, with another survivors who went through what I went through and who overcame um, that pain and yeah, actually uh, recover and are living happy life and are in new relationships. So um, I, I crave to see example of somebody who um, left the relationship and is living on a different frequency, is happy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and it was back in Spain. And actually, I decided to challenge myself and make my dream come true, which was studying in LA, acting and film. Mm -hmm. So I moved to LA and slowly but persistently, <laughs> right. I was uh, surrounding myself with people uh, who are in the film, giving me advices. Mm -hmm. And that's how I opened Facebook group, right. um, which is right now the foundation for the whole documentary. Right. Yeah, you've created quite a network. It's a, And you've really, one of the things that I think you could add to, even though networker isn't really a job title, that's something that certainly I think describes you. You definitely bring people together with this. Um, you know, because one, I think, and I think that there's a lot of strengths. Th there's a lot of things you've been through that, and that, you know, play to that strength. One is you've lived in a lot of different places. You're originally from Poland, you've lived in Spain, you've moved to, you know, LA and like, you know, all of those things require networking. And also I like the fact that what the documentary does, like you mentioned, is it takes an issue that normally is, you know, treated with such morbidity and with such, and that can be so depressing. And it, it shows the resiliency of it. It shows like the phoenix, the phoenix is rising from the ashes rather than like, you know, just the, the people who are still down in the dumps. And not that those people aren't still important, but it shows, as you said, the survivor mentality rather than the victim mentality. And I think that's so important. Um, why was that so, what, what made you recognize that that was such an important thing that you wanted to highlight? I just wanted to add that um, I like to use a word thriver, thriver, not survival. Thriver, right? okay, gotcha. Thriver, yeah, so I think that um, it gives you a more power, I guess. <laughs> right, right. I like to call myself also thriver, not a survival, because survival, it's automatically uh, connects with survival mode, at least for me. Gotcha, yeah. And um, I want to be in creative mode. And that's right. why I like to use for people I work with and other thrivers. So mm -hmm. also because of it's a change of image. It's a total transformation you go through as you heal your body, your, your body, right? After the right. 
yeah actual physical abuse um your mind after emotional abuse your soul after the spiritual abuse right Mm -hmm. so it is total transformation that's why i decided the use uh, i decided to use the word private so what made me what was the question what why did i decided uh, to why did you decide to highlight why was that so important for you to highlight what helped you recognize that that was such an important thing for you to highlight um, you mean the documentary why it became so such a big topic for me why 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 that aspect like like why why the resiliency aspect was so important for you to highlight rather than the victimhood aspect right so it was um I realized that that desire I had when I left the relationship to meet people who overcame that mm-hmm. relationships, it's not just my desire, but it could be a globally. Sure, <laughs> globally absolutely. Desire. Yeah. And so I wanted to bring empowerment and also to don't hide it. I, want, I was feeling depressed and suicidal, right? When mm-hmm. I left. So I needed um, something what will give it was intuitive voice also and um feeling many times when i will be alone that alone meditating that um this is one of my purposes (laughs) right yeah absolutely it just kept coming uh, back to you right and another thing is the statistics which we know about it right Mm -hmm. like one on four women and one on six men get right sexually or uh, physically assaulted another right. thing was with um with pandemic which actually increased the rate right For right the- yeah absolutely and, and that's when i actually stopped waiting because i was at the beginning a little bit um waiting when i will get my degree and get mm-hmm. another certificate and get more you know like right. enough not feel like I got what it takes to make documentary because I've never done a documentary before. And mm-hmm. it, so I was questioning if just my desire, passion is enough. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Myself with other people who are having more resources and they don't do a documentaries. <laughs> yeah. Right? So and- I realized, um, yeah, I had to make some mindset work again, go inside me and, and work one-on-one to understand that um yeah i will regret if i don't do it now so right of it i i just it just speed up that process of doing the documentary right and, and that's so- i also I, i'm sorry i wanted to add, oh no I, I'm, no it's totally fine please keep going i understood that it didn't start with me and it's not about me that there are previous maybe eight generations like in my situation mm-hmm. and survivors i talk with it didn't start with them many times there are you know their grand grand grandparents were going through similar relationship issues not always but it happens so right. uh, i realized that i'm part of something and and that i want to yeah follow that intuition because yeah. it, it it is like i met you unfolding story <laughs> right and yeah absolutely the living well the same way i had no mm-hmm. idea when i started i'm going to attract this group of amazing uh thrivers as well right so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and 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 the and i think that what you mentioned is so important that you were like 
oh, I'll wait till this happens or I'll wait till that happens or I'll wait till I have qualification or this certification or this degree or that degree. Um, all for your voice to be heard, you know? And you're like, oh, but wait, this is a generational issue. And we, and literally like people wait, this has been on a macro level, on a worldwide level, people have been waiting generations for this to really be, for their voices to be heard on the global scale and the level of diversity that I'm envisioning. And so you just made that happening. What was, um, and, and I think this is one of the questions that, that we talked, that, 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 you know, really fascinated me about this. Um, how did you get such an, a diverse array of stories? And why was it so important for you to get like so much diversity in this project? Right. So thank you so much for this question. And also I wanted to appreciate your words and your kindness and express that um, I'm your reflection as well. <laughs> that we like in, in others what, uh, what reflects in us as well. Right. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, I wanted to add thank you for what you are doing and helping thrivers, survivors to heal through together with living well and your coaching business. I appreciate um, that. Yes, totally. And um, so, um, okay. So the question was uh, again. I think I think it was just um, what made what made it so important for you to um, focus on getting such a diverse group uh -huh. of people to be a part of this project, and uh, and how did you do that? How how did you accomplish that? All right, so it's a great question. So I wanted to, I felt um, that one of the purposes could be um, show that abuse happens regardless of the culture or nationality of the, or um, the degrees, <laughs> education, right. or the level of finances, um, you know, color of skin or language we speak. Um, or yeah, sexuality. We have like transsexuals, right. people who are transsexual or bisexual, mm -hmm. um, hetero, homosexual. Right, people, right, yeah. Yeah, so to show, uh, to break some stigmas, right? Mm -hmm. Some mental images about uh, that abuse happens only to certain group of people, but just show bigger image. And I guess I'm not the only one doing this right now. There's millions of people who are doing projects, especially, you know, foundations, but I realize I can do what I can do. And um, just to add sparkling energy to this, and to this movement. Sparkling with energy like the dress you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> right, I like sparkles. <laughs> yeah. Right, so uh yeah and if if i didn't if i would not do that somebody else would do that so i just feel blessed and grateful to be part of it and i think that um it is a blessing for me to listen to those stories and um, the trust and belief people give me and i honor that and that's why i'm very um yeah passionate about that because i am able to see how they how the lives of people I work with how it's changing right right yeah absolutely yeah and one of the things that um and you mentioned that there are other people covering this issue and covering some of the diversity of, of this issue and things like that but when I look 
in because I'm part of the Facebook group that you are that you are in because of that that it, um, where you have collected this diverse group of both uh, of survivors, thrivers, and also people if they have not been through the situation who have encountered these situations as professionals or experts on it. Um, and one of the things that has shocked me about it is the scope of diversity that your project has is really unlike a lot of ones that I've seen. I mean, it, it, it really is incredible, or at least the network that you've built, um, like really the, the level, the amount of people who are from different parts of the world and, and the balance of the different parts of the world that they're from, it's, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty incredible. And I think you shouldn't sell yourself short on that. Um, but the, uh, one of the things that, uh, that you've mentioned is that this is a universal problem. And actually, I think that um, recently the Washington Post uh, wrote an article about calling this, and you mentioned that this, that COVID was one of the things that exacerbated this, this um, domestic abuse issue. And I think the Washington Post recently, if I, if that, if it was the correct newspaper that I have um, called it the shadow pandemic. Um, and so what, what do you think the root cause of this issue, of this issue of domestic abuse is both in general and also um, in the in the context of the pandemic? I love this question. <laughs> I was thinking about this question. Um, yeah, I can say since a few months as mm -hmm. I try to find that the reasons and I think it didn't start it with us the whole in you know topic of domestic violence right so we need to study the history and the role of female and male to understand mm -hmm. or even the rights for a woman in United States right was legalized 100 years ago right in 1920 mm -hmm. so it's been a gradual process but yeah the, the voting rights at the very least if I if I have that right, I think you're correct. Right. So it's all about, um, you know, not allowing somebody speak to speak. It is emotional abuse too, right? Mm -hmm. I believe. So right. giving somebody the right to vote, it is some way discriminating. <laughs> so right. anyways, it started before we were born. Sure. And uh, I think I need to study more that to answer this question. I don't know their answer, <laughs> the response, but I think the solution for... Uh, that would be um, educating, especially young generation and children about um, boundaries and the power they have by saying no and really feeling they can express they know in different ways by speaking, right. by physical no, mm -hmm. or if they need, if, if, or if that doesn't work, going to look for a help, right? Somebody else. Right. So to actually don't uh, to actually train children to yeah. either fight or fly, never freeze because when right. we freeze, that's when we don't do anything, and that's when the PTSD is. That's the only what one mode when PTSD is developed. Developed. Right. Exactly. And, and freeze is different than pausing because pausing is like you're, you're taking a second to assess the situation. Freezing is like you're paralyzed by the fear, you know, and that's a different reaction. 
And I think it's so, I, I really like the fact that you mentioned um, the importance of teaching, you know, younger generations and younger people about um, boundaries and relationships and stuff, because that's something that actually I've mentioned as a possible, you know, area of interest of mine, because when I think about it, like, who prepares you in school? Like, I think that there should be a course in school on healthy relationships. Like we, like, I mean, there's, there's sex ed and things like that, but that's really more about human reproduction than it is about like getting into what is a healthy relationship? You know, how do we set boundaries for each other, you know, and things like that, because that, that kind of stuff really is kind of complicated stuff. And even though some of us have good role models in our lives to teach us that stuff, not all of us do. And if we had someone who was able to come into the school system and teach those things to people at the high school level in, in this country or, you know, over in Europe, I think that, you know, the secondary school level, um, you know, and, uh, and in other areas of, uh, of the world, colegio or um, college or whatever, whatever it may be, you know, <laughs> um, right. it's, uh, it, it's, it's one of the, um, I think it's a really important thing. And I, I think boundaries, what you mentioned is really important too, because, you know, I think that we're living in an age where, you know, we really are having to have a discussion about boundaries, especially in the wake of the Me Too move movement. And I think that one of the things that I've met that I mentioned to people is that it's okay to nudge on boundaries a little bit, but the second that someone puts up a stop sign, that's when you have to stop, you know, like you have to, yeah. you have to say, cause like part of human relationships is that we, we don't always know where the boundaries are and we have to find out where they are by taking risks sometimes. But then the second that we know where they are, we have to respect those boundaries. Right. Right. So we need to educate uh, both like, you know, the female energy and the male energy. Right. <laughs> the gender or trans and energy. What? Right. So. Um, and um, there is actually a movie which my girlfriend's doing about um, domestic violence in Sri Lanka. OK, go ahead. Plug it if, you, if, if it's OK with her just a little bit because okay. it's going to be released but uh gotcha yeah, the point is that i watched the trailer okay and, um yeah and it's part of the culture for me it was shocking to really see that that it mm -hmm. is part of the culture for a man when they get married to own a woman so mm. he explains many times well it just many times men because of it's physically bigger <laughs> right right he just them saying uh yeah it's my woman i can beat her that's my saying mm. that to the policemen right where there is no enough um authority in sri mm -hmm. lanka there's different culture right there sure and uh it actually was shocking for me to hear listen to some of those stories and see that there are some people who have no way else than to live this way or go out leave the right. country like it is also in russia people are leaving well <laughs> because of the government and they're recently also not um legalizing domestic violence as a crime mm -hmm. so the only one way becomes escaping your own country to escape your husband your boyfriend whoever. right 
or your girlfriend if you are a man. Wow, that that was a really amazing way that you just put that is that sometimes like like escaping your husband or your wife when you're in an abusive situation is synonymous becomes synonymous with escaping your country based on the laws and the culture that cultural practices that are in place and that that's an amazing way that you just put that and that's just kind of a like my like mind-blowing realization there um and uh then there's actually the issue and i've talked about this with other people who've come on here before where sometimes people when they when they migrate to other countries they become susceptible to domestic violence Mm -hmm. because of the fact that you know people can take advantage of them because of their immigration status um and uh, can you, and I think you've mentioned that to, I, I think you've mentioned that to me as well. Um, I, I know, I know another guest of mine has, um, you know, who was on the show, but I think you've mentioned that to me as well. Would you mind talking a little bit more about that? Right. So that's an interesting topic. Thank you for mentioning. Um, so we also talk like in the documentary exposed. Mm-hmm. Because we are talking about immigrants in United States coming from Mexico, different countries, and being actually, because of the green card, abused by their mm-hmm. spouse and not able to leave because of the fear of being deported. And and um, so we have lawyers explaining what is VAWA about, mm. which is Violence Against Women Act. Right, right. Violence Against Women Act, which yeah, allows... Yeah allows you to get your green card without mm-hmm. um, staying in that relationship. So, and mm-hmm. what's great about this petition is that um, they legalize emotional abuse as a crime, like abuse. Oh, wow. And also that um, the person who abuses you, they're not going to prosecute them. They're just going mm-hmm. to, or check that and take further steps to go to the court. They're just going to protect you um, in the way, hey, you are going to receive your green card. You don't need to stay with this person, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we are not going to prosecute this case to the court. Right. Not. Let's be honest, right? Like seventy-seven percent of uh, this type of relationships are not reported. Right. And yeah, absolutely. In the United States, so because of the risk of being killed, which happens frequently, right? When you actually. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, when you go to make a report, right? When you make a report, so uh, so it's very a lot of diversity in the United States. Also, it depends of the uh, state as well. Right. Yeah, but I guess yeah. My point was that um, there's a different type of abuse when it comes to immigrants because they are threatened, especially when they have children. To, mm-hmm. that the children will stay with the spouse in the country they will have to be get departed and you know and living right. inside the country or that they are not allowed to study or go to work or mm-hmm. go to gym they're not allowed to make you know shoppings different things right depending <laughs> yes. on what type of visa they have you know that can impact it um if my understanding is correct and also depending on their status um, if like if they overstay their visa and they're in a and they're in an abusive situation, they're going to be much more reluctant to go to the authorities than someone who is, you know, here. Now, obviously, a lot of these people who we're talking about are here legally. Like we're not I'm not trying to say that the people who are affected by this are only here 
illegally or undocumented, but that is an even greater risk for those people, I would imagine, because they're even more afraid to go to the authorities for that reason. And then there's, there's also, depending on what type of visa you have, you have certain freedoms versus other types of visas. Am I correct in that? We need to ask the lawyer, but yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a smart idea. <laughs> um, so Maybe what, the VAWA applies to mm-hmm. um, immigrants who are married to American American or citizens who have American citizenship. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So in different situations, I'm not informed about. Uh, sure. I think it's a great topic to explore. And yeah, and uh, there are immigrants in Europe as well, in Spain, in, right, in my country. So I think it's globally. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a higher risk of abusive relationships when you are immigrant. Also, that's what the statistics show. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what do you think the key to moving forward with prevention of, well, not only prevention of domestic abuse and intimate partner violence is like, what do you think the key to moving forward with that prevention is, but also what do you think the key to moving on from it is after you've gotten out of it? Right. So what is the key to move on after you left abusive relationships? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, well, I think it can be the, it can be very individual, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I can share my experience or yeah, my sure. experience. Um, but I think the most important is to try as many things as it's possible until something works. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, don't quit on that just because of, you know, for some people, therapy like cognitive therapy works better. And um, for people with PTSD, there are more somatic approaches or right. rapid eye movement therapies. And um, and also to understand that um, <laughs> we cannot escape from the causes of being for years mm-hmm. in abusive relationships is like a chronic disease on your you know the anxiety it brings interesting the the, uh the insomnia nightmares digestive problems or maybe some headaches or Mm -hmm. different issues that are just symptoms of not of our psyche which is Mm -hmm. uh, disturbed (laughs) yeah yeah so um, it's about mm -hmm. so you're saying it's about management rather than cure well, there is a cure, I believe, right? Okay. But yes, I think, well, that healing is possible <laughs> fully. Um, and my point is to check how much, how many, how much there is a variety of approaches and, right. and also maybe try group therapies, sure. right? Uh, or um, try different spiritual rituals. That mm-hmm. it is more just than, um, you know, sitting in the sofa with somebody else in front of you and, and not feeling maybe always comfortable with. And also the, realize that is a gift for It can be a gift. Okay. Like right. I understand in my life, um, I had two abusive relationships mm-hmm. and, uh, and I see them that they, they happen for me so I can become less selfish and become more aware and connected with others and mm-hmm. um, 
allow me to discover you <laughs> and another yeah. people, the project I'm doing. So to shift the mindset and shift the perspective that this is not just about me and that maybe you can write a book or maybe you can start mm -hmm. a podcast or maybe you can share your story on in some shelter or mm -hmm. as a way to expand your own uh, experience because of the feedback you get many times it's you know it's priceless and that's right. a possibility to make a difference in somebody's lives that many times become a drive for somebody to share their story yeah, and absolutely. you don't feel like sharing your story because it's triggering you that I don't recommend that <laughs> right yeah. only when you feel like hey I went through therapy and mm -hmm. um, I have this need to actually share my story what are the ways for me right that's the shift from surviving to thriving when we become creative and we are no more you know living in fear or shame yeah or in the past we live right. here now and we can create design the future yeah. or we have yeah no go ahead i'm sorry please finish yeah. that because you were on a roll <laughs> we can see clearly the path right like they say clear star clear <laughs> i don't yeah i know what doesn't mean really fully but i guess that's the um we start to listen our intuition right connected and grounded right mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um i i'm you used a word that i really was happy that you used which was perspective and i i think that and this is true of really anything i think in in life um you know is, is that I think the second we stop viewing pain as a punishment and instead start using it for perspective, like as a tool for perspective, it's, it's something that we can use to our advantage. You know, it becomes, then pain and joy just become things that are, then pain and joy stop being things that are reward and punishment, which are things that we tie to our self-worth and they just become tools for awareness. So it's like, like, Joy. oh this is leading me towards joy you know okay maybe i'll keep going that direction or this is leading me towards pain maybe i'll keep going that direction and you you mentioned the situation like you know you don't want to be sitting on a couch uncomfortable and like that's such an important thing because i think that it doesn't have to be abuse for abuse does not have to be the threshold to leave a bad situation, you know? And I think that's why so many people stay in abusive situations is because they keep asking themselves, well, is this really that bad? Or is this abuse or is this, it doesn't have to be. If it's making your life terrible and, 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 and bad and uncomfortable. And I don't mean like not putting in the effort, you know, like, because obviously like, you know, we should, we should put in, we should put effort into things that matter to us and try, but we, once once we're starting to just like once it, it's starting to destroy us you know we gotta regardless of whether of, of who the onus is on for that or, or what or whether it's abuse or not the second a situation becomes so painful for us that it's starting to destroy us we have to we have to walk away from, from it you know and it doesn't abuse does not have to be the threshold for you know, an exit. And I think that that was illustrated very beautifully by what you said. Um, what's been your favorite part of, uh, you know, the process of creating this project? Mm, thank you. Thank you so much for this question. And right. 
Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the most beautiful thing about this project for me was, yeah, the freedom to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And Ooh, I like that. And uh, r- right, uh, and allow myself speak up because of uh, the more I started to speak and I listen other story. the more I listen other stories, the more I started to speak. Yeah, and yeah. I also healed even more, right? So it's something I didn't expect at the very beginning. I've never treated this uh, documentary as a therapy for myself. Mm-hmm. But I think that the biggest um, insight and yeah, discovery for me was that um, I'm part of some change, right? Which is bigger than me. And also right. that I, I can be part of somebody else change. And that's what really drives me as a human being, the ability to, yeah, be part of change of somebody, to help somebody to change their perspective or, um, yeah, they help them to grow in some way. So, um, yeah, I think that there are, they were my main insights. Okay, awesome. And I, I love that vulnerability is something that is a very, very much a favorite topic of mine. Um, so I think that's an amazing insight. Um, and so just so people know, um, this documentary, as I understand it, it's starting out as a book, right? And then it's becoming a film. Am I correct in that? Right. So uh, we have an ebook. Uh, coming together with a documentary and as right. um, I'm working on the ebook with another co-author okay and, um, we are still um, how do you say um, deciding on if the ebook will be before or after when the documentary is released so gotcha okay the documentary is going to be released in December this year so that's what um, it's the answer (laughs) yeah yeah and that's the most important part of it and thank you for letting me participate in it because that was a very Mm -hmm. you know like just um you know and and if i and if and if and if i'm not making it then we can cut that part out but you know i'm just no you are absolutely you are and i'm very grateful to know you and to also um, have your perspectives and you as a facilitator for survivals for day healing you actually mm-hmm. brought another part to understand how we all are re- responsible, I guess, that's the word, for each other, right? Because there's some group of us who never been for abusive relationships like yourself and who mm-hmm. feel, well, this topic doesn't touch me, so I don't care, <laughs> right? Right, right, so, yeah. It doesn't need to be that, actually, yeah, because of it always ups to the another part which is not touched by the topic to make a difference because of... You know, that's understandable that survivors will fight for their rights. And, you know, people of this color of skin will fight for their rights, right? Mm-hmm. But if the another part, the opposite part, will not do, not express their support, that's when right. it's changing. So I think that that's awakening for the whole population and society to understand that, um, yeah, we can make things better, but only if 
uh, more people like you who the topic doesn't touches, uh, who the topic doesn't touch, that they decide to be part of it and support it. Doesn't need to be a huge thing, but just you know by right by making. Um, if we see somebody struggling at work, um, us maybe talking with them, right, and um, or just speaking about uh, emotional abuse. <laughs> sure, absolutely. You know, like I mean, it it doesn't touch me directly, but it kind of came knocking on my door. Like it, like it came, it came knocking on my door, and it was like, like just through the line of work that I that I that I was doing and that I am doing now. Um, the line of work that I was doing before wasn't as focused on it, but it, it frequently was an issue that came knocking on my door and that came across my desk. And it, with the pandemic, like you said, it came across my desk more and more frequently. And I had to give it a bit of a closer look. And, you know, I, it, it started tugging at me a little bit more than a lot of the other issues I was working on, because it just, some of the cases I was working on just were so insane. And like, these were things that, and I, and I realized how like, just very either, I don't know if the word, I don't know if naive is the right word, but maybe dismissive. I, I had been in the past to some extent about the, about the issue. Um, Ignorant. Ignorant. Yes. Thank you. Ignorant. I, I, I've been kind of ignorant and like, I would, and this is the thing I was more knowledgeable than most people were about it. Like the general population. And I was still pretty freaking ignorant about it, you know, like, and, and I didn't address it properly. And that's something that I really had to own. Um, and kind of had to look, look in the mirror at myself and say, for two of the four years that you've been at this job, you haven't been handling this issue correctly. Um, you know, and maybe you need to make it a greater focus moving forward. And that was one of the reasons that I left my job to, I mean, there were a lot of factors, but that was one of the reasons that I left my job to start my own business and also to do some of the work that I've been doing with the living well and, you know, all that stuff. Because it, I realized how just I, I realized that my work on this issue, while it wasn't terrible, it definitely needed to improve. Hmm. Well, that self-realization, self-reflection. Yeah, that's a right. <laughs> That's how universe or, or in whatever you call it, God speaks into us many times, right? That Absolutely. Link not satisfied with something or feeling I should be somewhere else. I don't know where, but it's not here. Right. And uh, yeah. allowing yourself to try something else. I think it's also a way to love yourself. Mm -hmm. right. I agree. Any final thoughts um, that you want to share? And uh, where can people find you? Or what uh, you're doing? So uh, you can thank you so much for being on your show. It's a gift for me. And, um, and you can find me on exposednetwork.com. That's the website or uh, that girl who made the documentary Instagram mm -hmm. and uh, or my podcast, which is exposed as well. Right. And um, yeah, we have also a Facebook group. I would be happy to invite you if you have a story to share or you would like to support this project. And uh, yeah, what I would like to add that it has been a journey for me 
a journey of uh, many times I said, I'm not going to do that because of, I didn't believe I could at the beginning and then slowly realizing that I can. <laughs> right, right. And allowing myself to speak, um, to share, to open up my story because I was feeling before like a victim and blaming my past and blaming people and things and feeling ashamed of sharing my story, even with my parents, right? which I did recently and really helped me. Wow. Um, and it's funny because if I share my story to strangers or therapies and I never did with people I really love the most in my life because of it was painful. Thank you. It was painful for me to share because of I was isolated for a long time from them by that, you know, in that relationship. And, and I just thought I was protecting them by not letting them know later when I left what happened. But I was just living in survival mode because of I left, but I was still living the survival mode life of isolation and being all by my own, which I am resourceful, I can do it, but I am depriving myself the love from my family and friends and people around. And I don't need to do it by myself. And thanks God, because of I will die. <laughs> had to do it by myself so I discovered that there is a power in community there is a power of, in connection there's a power in networking there are, for any idea there will be people and resources coming from outside and from inside of you and you need to many times ask and even sounds crazy for your mentality like people will not agree just do it because of yeah if you don't ask you don't receive and when you ask bigger for bigger things you receive um bigger things too and even when you don't receive what you want now maybe another doors need, need to be knock, knock, <laughs> knocked on yeah. and yeah to have faith and uh, so yeah it has been for me when I see myself today and also see people I work with like their lives since I started to work on this documentary during the pandemic it has been what uh, now two years almost right in March so yeah. I see how they transform some of them became uh, holistic coaches or narcissistic recovery coaches they they are getting their degrees and um, and I see you know kind of find myself in them and probably they find themselves in each other and some of those friends some of those connection became friendships and I receive a lot of I mean many friends and um, really deep connection mm -hmm. which are bringing a lot of light and like a family uh, for me in that spiritual sense so yeah thank you so much and also the connection with you and knowing your story you know where you're coming from where you are going and uh, how much you are bringing uh, who you are and um, how much you are giving. And so I'm also, you know, your story, what you are doing, it's also inspirational for me. And it's keeping me also on the, on the way. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, and I couldn't be here without the support from you, from Living Well, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so many people which um, Nicole Bigelow. <laughs> yeah, Nicole Bigelow, yeah. Um... So, you, 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 the, the V, the V, the, the V and the W at the end. That's the Polish there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's all good though it's all good it's all good no anastasia thank you so much and i'm really glad that i've met you too you've been an inspiration to me as well um and uh that was one of the most heartfelt wrap-ups you know i think that we've had that i've had at the end of this podcast i love it when people just speak from the heart you know like you just did then um and uh you know that was beautifully put and i i think what i tell people is that on this on this show um my favorite thing is when people start to speak like they've forgotten that they're being recorded not in the sense that they start being careless and irresponsible but more just like they get comfortable and they start being vulnerable and they just start putting it all out there and that's exactly what you just did you exposed yourself in a, wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute let me rephrase that wait a minute oh geez i don't think i'm gonna we have, a video. we have a video just in case yeah, so. right. <laughs> yeah people will know what i meant there we go okay you exposed your soul there we go right you exposed your soul for all to see and for all to hear there we go okay <laughs> i saved it <laughs> and you and and you made it happen we made it happen thank you so much because of you um yeah, it was amazing interview because of you allow me to open myself, right? And right. that was a um, relationship or transmission, right? Of energies. Right. Absolutely. So you you open you helped me to open my heart. So you are a right. great interviewer and I'm looking forward to continue working with you and thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anastasia. This has been great. <laughs>